Lunch Money Lambert, Jeff Malott. Welcome to the Kaizast Nation. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. Don't get your uh, eyes crossed up. Don't be confused. This isn't an episode of Road Dog, and we got we got the Road Dog in here, though. Guest host and Jordan, what's up, man? Thanks for sliding in here. With what's us up? Appreciate the opportunity to guest host to fill yeah, in. Yeah, man. People don't realize Ryan's real job out there in the world. Some people know, some people don't. He's out there selling life-saving medical equipment. It's like their national sales meeting tonight and, t- and tomorrow, I think. So he's tied up. So we slid over to get the road dog in here. Uh, you fish the event. We'll get your insights on the event as well. Um, and then we'll get to that. We'll get to the show. We've got, we've got Ryan Matalevich on tonight and I'm working on Jake. I think we're going to have Jake slide in here. The top two finishers in the event, but regardless, we're going to have a great show talking to the top finishers from Murray. That's going to be a good one. That looked like a wild, wild weekend over there with weather, uh, big swings and leaderboard tight finishes. It was, it was cool to watch from a distance. Jordan. Yeah, it was, it was a great event. All things considered the set a record for how many people, um, the, it, it fished really good in practice. Everybody seemed to catch a bunch of fish in practice or most people seem to, especially the first few days guys were down there. And, um, you know, there was a lot of guys that just freaking whacked them, man. We had some great weather minus the wind and, um, just a good way to get the bass season started. Yeah, man. Let's let's go through your event real quick. You made a hell of a run at it. Day one, you had a good day one. You were in in the mix day yeah. one. So what was the, what was the tale of of two days for you? I mean, so that the week. Did you get to pre fish at all? Did you just show up and fish, or how how it go? I day? fished for an hour and a half on Friday afternoon. I basically heard kind of what was going on, kind of doc talk scenario, kind of knew what I was wanting to do at Murray because I've spent some little bit of time down there, and I basically showed up and made an entire lap around the lake. Uh, looked to where I thought the best watercolor was put in there, caught two fish on a bladed jig and had two more bites and basically an hour, hour and 15 minutes and then motored 15 minutes back and loaded up after 90 minutes on the water and was very content with, with what I had seen. Yeah. And that's just kind of been the way the, the couple big events I fished this year are kind of tail of two days where I have good day one and a bad day two for whatever reason. Um, this, this event was a little different because I, um, basically sunk my kayak <laughs> on the way back after, you know, after lines out on day one and, uh, you know, that, that can get very sketchy in a hurry. I've spent, I mean, you, everybody knows that knows me and seen what I've done. I've, I've fished all over the country in all sorts of awful weather and water and wind and, and storms and, um, I had a video that I was sending in Snapchat. It was like, oh, this might be the end of this road dog rig right here. You know, I've had a lot of memories of that boat in the last year of owning it. And, uh, it went from, uh, really funny to literally three minutes went from me sending the video to me taking a video. The second video I uh, showed on Facebook today was, was me in the water after dragging my kayak. Cause I had to drag it up onto some rocks because my boat literally sank in, you know, three, three and a half foot of water, give or take. Jeez, you know it's funny after the fact a little bit, but it's scary stuff. People take for granted the way we rig these fancy boats out. They're getting expensive. We got every motor and and a piece of electronics, but they're still small vessels made out of plastic that can really can really take oh, yeah. on some water, man. So we we don't need to take that safety for granted, do we? No, it was um you know if it, if it can happen to me as much time I was spent out there. Granted, I, I I was just going too fast is what it boiled down to with that much water and. uh 
I mean, it, it wasn't anybody's fault, but, but my own, honestly, um, you know, just, just don't take it for granted. Cause if I was out in the middle of, you know, I, I mean, I had steel toe boots on big surprise to nobody, um, and all that rain gear. And if I'm out in 40 foot of water, when that has a problem, then, then that's a really bad issue. So luckily I was close to the bank and just drug it up and, and all, all good minus the friendly meeting with the homeowner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're okay, man. Um, I know Lambert last year on Toledo bend, uh, had a similar, almost hit a near miss down there, but it can get sketchy out there in a hurry. So don't push it. Trust, yeah. trust uh, your way, way quicker than anybody expects. I promise. Yeah. Uh, we got some people in the comments saying they're glad you made it to the bank. Okay. Todd Martin said, don't ruin the riprap. Uh, <laughs> Todd Martin read the story. He knows. Yeah. Variety, variety of comments coming in. So man, I, you know, you'll, you'll be back in the next event. You've had a solid start to the year, obviously, uh, cash few checks already. So that day two hurt, but you'll be right back on top. I know you will. Yep. I've already, I've already picked up the, a new motor mount and I'm going to install it right after this KBN is done. Cause I got to work 12 hours the next couple of days and then I'm going to chick to fish this weekend. So let's go. Is that uh, the limit coming this weekend? It is. There's three events. We got Tennessee Bass Nation. We got a local event. I don't know if that's 10 cat or, or, or steve-o's local trail and the no limit events there's three there might even wow. be a four event weekend on on chick so i i might just go down there and sling big baits and just try to win win the native event honestly i'm that's that's kind of what i might do just for fun a little triple dip triple, triple dip. dip action hey i want to talk about your show man uh the the world premiere of the 2024 road dog season started. What was that last week? We, we dropped that. Yeah, that was, that was last Wednesday night. It was dropped. Yeah, that was a hell of a show, man. I thought riser was a great guest. Uh, what'd you think of the premiere? You excited to get, going man, I, I'm stoked. I, you know, I kind of took a few months off. Uh, that's the longest I've went without fishing tournaments. Um, since I was probably, um, I don't know, like 20 or something like that. So the last like seven years I've basically fished, constantly and i've not taken two months off so i took two months off kind of stayed off of social media a little bit more than normal and didn't do road dogging didn't do any tournaments and just kind of hit the reset button a little bit and tried to get um all, everything you know where it should be in my priorities and uh, and all that so we're, we're we're good to go had a fantastic first episode of road dogging this year and uh i'm just send a couple messages try to get some people on i've got a really cool one that i want to work out for for guys that uh is a kayak guy but most people don't have any idea how who he is i'm not going to spoil it because uh i'm trying to work that out but i've got some cool stuff coming so i hope that works out and getting getting better as y'all can tell i think that was uh we had a lot of good feedback from the last episode and trying to get better every time and i'm going to steal some of those questions riser asked me to ask everybody else on the end so man the end of that show towards the end when he went through that airbnb story that is the wildest damn thing i've ever heard that was that was wild my, my i was i was sitting up here and my mom and dad were well i was doing something i don't remember what i was doing but when, after we released it my mom and dad were texting me this airbnb story i was like what are you talking about and then it finally clicked i was like oh it's, it's live on there you know it was delayed so yeah i was like i didn't know what they were talking about so there was i had a bunch of comments about the airbnb story that's, that was that's yeah. be the wildest airbnb i've ever heard of you know i need to clip that out of that show and put it on it like a standalone clip for those of you who hadn't seen it, go, go watch the road dog episode. But, uh, Adam shared a story of an Airbnb that a big group of them got down in Florida for the Harris chain event. And basically it was at the Airbnb was an old 
uh, El Chapo slash corrupt FBI safe house or something like that, right? Yes, yes, it was with with hidden doors and hidden cameras, and oof, I I, I could not imagine the the excitement that was riddled in that building just sleeping there at night. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man, crazy. Uh, let me give the sponsors a shout out. We'll get Ryan in here in just a minute. Um, we'll get going with tonight. We're still working on getting Jake in here. Hopefully we can, we can pull him in before the show's over, but we got Ryan, uh, waiting in the wings to go over what he found down there uh, on or over there. I should say on Lake Murray. Uh, of course the show, you see it on my hat, see it on top of the screen is presented by eco fishing, eco fishing shop.com. I think we're going to have Travis on in the next week or two from eco fishing because they've, they've got the date locked down for the big bass Two Fifty. Uh, we need to get you over for that, Jordan. You, you'd, you'd like that. Is that is that the one that's at the Table Rock? Lake of those arcs. Lake of those arcs. I get those confused. Yeah. But, man, uh, my boy Mark Springer talks about that and tries to get me to come out there. And I, I need to come. I've never actually fished in uh, Missouri at all. Yeah. Um, so that's that's definitely something I've got to do. That's, a, that's an untapped road dog uh, yeah. establishment. I think it is after, well, I don't know the f final date yet, but it should be after the TOC, kind of a cherry on top of the season, so to speak. Uh, so maybe you can make that trip, dude. Come over to Lake of those arcs. with that for sure. Throw, throw glide baits and, and wake baits and catch you a big That's a, October and November is when I prefer to fish the most, and that just happens to be when most of our bigger events are in the, in the kayak community. So I am, by all means, November, October, Y'all, y'all send me the invite and I'll be there. I promise. All right. Yeah. So, so be watching for that from eco fishing shop, uh, up there on Lake of the Ozarks. We'll, we should have Travis on, like I said, in the next week or two. If you need anything at all, kayaks, gear, whatever you need to, to outfit your tournament season, get on ecofishingshop.com and they'll get it to your door. We always brag about their kayak delivery service, you know, that white glove service, no forklift touches it. So you can get hooked up with eco fishing shop. Uh, of course, the show is presented by Western Sun Vodka, the drink of choice for KBN. They were our first supporter on this show. They're back this year. We couldn't be happier to have them back. You can get on Drizzly and get it get it delivered to your house if, if you have a, a distributor in your area, or you can go to westernsundistillery.com and find a distributor near you. And then Pro Guide Lithium. I know in them high winds, lithium batteries got put to the test over there on Murray. Uh, make sure you have a quality brand. Don't don't go with with uh, Amazon, no names or Alibaba's go get your quality brand like pro guide lithium. And then tonight we're doing the Revo giveaway. I know our, our partners, when we do our giveaways, we've got Revo, Seaguar, Z-Man, uh, Gill fishing gear, but tonight it's Revo. We're giving away some sweet Revo. Somebody was in the comment bragging about theirs earlier. So all you got to do to get on that, like share. There you go. Comment. Got to get the Twitch, Revos. YouTube. It's almost sight fishing season. Got to get them Revos. That's right. That's right. Hey, and if you're watching on Instagram or rumble, we appreciate you over there, but we can't see your comments and you can't enter the giveaway. So I would implore you slide on over to YouTube or Twitch or Facebook or whatever. Uh, you know, if you don't like any of those, just pick, uh, you know, the best of whatever. Try just, just for tonight, slide over to, to YouTube. If you don't like any of those, but what, what uh, we can get yeah. you in the, what in is the rumble. You don't know what rumble is, man. We're, we're big over on the rumble. What is rumble? We're big on the rumble. It's, it's basically the uncensored YouTube. Gotcha. Or something new like every great day. Great value YouTube. Yeah, like great value YouTube. You Got to ask that. the right questions. Great yeah. value. YouTube. So we're there. We're we're also on uh, Instagram Live and a couple other places too. But only four places can we lock the comments in here to do the giveaway. So there you go. Um, with that said, let's get uh, Mr. Matt Levitz in here. 
I'm going to ask him if I said it right. Did I say it right, Jordan? I think so. Ma- Matt Levitz. Right. Right. Did we get it right? What's up, my man? What's going on, Did guys? Ma- Matt Levitch. Matt Levitch. I love. Yep. I said it instead of itch. Yeah. Son of hey, a if, I, if I got paid every time, like uh, if I got like affiliate dollars, like from Amazon, every time I set, pronounce my my last name and like help someone say it, I'd be I'd be a wealthy man. Yeah, well, you're a little bit wealthier after a hell of a tournament over there on on Lake yeah. Mary, man. We caught him all right. We did pretty good. I'll tell you, the tournament definitely far exceeded my expectations. That's for sure. It was uh, she was finicky. She always is. I mean, she, she they can deliver real well for you down that place, and it can be uh, it can turn in a, in a heartbeat. You know, it can be real good, and then next day your fish are gone. So it's just it's one of them kind of places. It's getting into the the prime of the the year down there. It's a little early. But some of the big ones were really chomping, and uh, it's um, it's a fun place, man. It's my like I think this is my fourth or fifth year down there. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit about your history down there and what you what you found leading up to the tournament itself before we get into the actual tournament days. Yeah. So historically, obviously, I, I did a lot of KBF stuff, and they, they they've been coming here for like four years, and. Um, so I've always come down. They, KBF was a really supportive trail to the Northeast guys. They just had a lot of stuff up there and a lot of different events. Um, so you didn't have to travel maybe quite as far. Murray was one of the reaches that we'd usually run down to. And um, historically, I always kind of fished the mid, like, Drear Island towards the dam, like, in the in the clearer sections of the lake. Um, I'm more of a northern angler. I'm from Pennsylvania, for those that don't know me. And I'm a smallmouth guy. I'm used to fishing, like, clear bodies of water, Cayuga, you know, like, thousand islands and st lawrence up there and lake george and champlain and all that kind of stuff and uh, lake george just allows you to kind of fish that way down south you know so um that's why it's done me well and in the past and i've just really enjoyed it um i've had a i had a first place win there at the kbf event last year um which was a kind of a cool story that i said at the the Bassmaster deal and i was it was actually exactly one year ago today um it was about 9 a.m. I think my wife called me and said, "Hey, we're gonna have a baby," and uh, I said, "No way!" And I was like all ecstatic and pumped up, and I like, couldn't believe it, and like all out of sorts, and um, in the middle of fishing a tournament, right? And day one, I didn't have anything. Like I, I, I actually had a good bag. I missed. I only had four fish, so I dumped a fifth one at the boat, and I would have cashed me like a sixth place check if I would have got it, you know, because I had some real good ones in my bag. So day two, I just relaunched and went somewhere completely new that I've never seen before. And that's when I got that call from her. And uh, I turned out to get just beyond blessed. Just randomly, all these things came together for me and it was like meant to be. And then I ended up winning that tournament um, for KBF, which was crazy. And then this year it was, this is the first tournament I actually got to bring my son with me and he's here with me now. So I had him up there on the stage and I got to bring him to the tournament with me and, uh, he's starting to move around and do a whole lot of cool things. And it's just, uh, it was, I was just more than blessed and it's just been, it's been a great experience. I'm just so happy to, to have to be able to share that with him. You know, he, that, Hey, being on the Bassmaster stage, you go back to form. the same hole. No, no, it's completely somewhere different, you know, but being like four months, just shy of five months and walking across the Bassmaster stage, you know, he's destined for greatness, I think. (laughs) That's right. That's right, man. I had to, I have to pull this picture up because it's worth showing. How cool is it to bring, bring your boy up there on stage? 
He's even got a little <laughs> matching orange. Is that an old town yeah, outfit? You got yeah, on? yeah. Um, my friend uh, John and Lana from back home, they actually gave it to him for Christmas. It actually has his old town pro team on it, and uh, he's that's all incredible. set up with the name on the back and everything. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, what staff, rig did you fish out of? Young. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? You fishing out of the, you fishing out of autopilot? Yeah, and that's that's a great point you guys mentioned earlier. That the water got nasty out there, and I'm telling you, man, I fish big, big water, and I got a bass boat too. And uh, that autopilot, I honestly can tell you, fishing in big water, I'm more comfortable fishing out of my autopilot than my 21 foot skeeter. Um, and uh, that's the truth, man. It's just um, I'm 36 and. I'm I'm pretty limber and and agile, but like it just beats you up on that rough water in front of a bass boat. Those guys that act all tough and like I'm not gonna wear the seat, I'm not gonna have the seat in the front. Man, hell with that. I'm putting my seat right on the front of the boat. Exactly <laughs> right up against that thing because I don't I don't feel like having spaghetti legs all day long. No thanks. Um, but the boat, man, it's just comfortable in the kayak and it, it just handles great water the way that the front of the hole is designed on that autopilot. The water crashes over the front and just like it, it, it feeds out and spills out just so nice. And, um, I, I just truly do feel so confident in that boat. And it allowed me on that first day on Saturday, I mean, there was 30, 40 mile an hour gusts out there. And, uh, as you'll hear, I'm sure in some other, a lot, a lot of people had some incidents and had a hard time, um, being able to navigate and fish the way they wanted to fish just because she was so nasty out there. Um, but I didn't, it didn't hinder me at all. And I was able to do everything I needed to do. Um, the only thing I noticed in any kayak, I don't think that fixed, it was like a little uneasy. There was, uh, not so much handling the water, but when you got those big 40, 50 mile an hour gusts, if you get caught broadside in that, it makes you feel like it's just going to flip the whole damn kayak over. And that that's like a little like, oh boy, you know, and that's, you feel that a little bit. So as long as you like were facing head into the wind though, or added at your back, you're okay. But if you got turned sideways, right when those heavy gusts blew, it could catch you off guard pretty quick. Yeah. One of, one yeah, of those gusts is what broke my, broke my motor mount was whenever I got it to the, to the, to the bank, one of those heavy gusts, it just beat it to death against some rocks. Yeah. Yeah. It happens quick, especially like you're catching a fish or something's happening and you're not like paying attention when it comes. And it's just, it, that's what happens, you know, it's just, and then you get that, that right. And like, it doesn't matter how comfortable you are, how great your kayak is. That's the important thing to note is just like you get that heavy gust in the right wave at the right direction while you're looking at something or not paying attention. I mean, it could put anybody over. doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. I was just going to say when it, I've been out in a lot of heavy winds and it's amazing how far you can move when you're not paying it. Like if you stop pedaling, turn your motor off and you're not paying attention, how oh, yeah. far you can move really quick fiddling with a fish yeah. or fiddling with your phone or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get that quarter inch of the tail. You're like, Oh, where did I go? Hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah so that's definitely, definitely true. And, but no, I mean, thanks Bassmaster for just getting us there, man. That lake has just been, I'm so happy to see that they were going there when it was on the list this year. It was like, absolutely. We're going. And my wife's still on maternity leave. So, um, we had, we, I was able to take a couple weeks off and I'm from Pennsylvania. We were driving down here. My kayaks were covered in salt and snow. And it was like this, I was doing on 81 doing like 35 miles an hour in like a snowstorm on the way down here. And I got here and it was just so nice just to get everybody's like, it's cold as shit. I'm like, no, sir. It's very nice out here still, <laughs> compared to what I just came from. <laughs> hey, I swear every time I go up or down 81 to go to Susky or anywhere, 81 has the most traffic and has the worst weather of any interstate. It, it is my <laughs> least favorite interstate in the country is, is I, I've told, I don't know how many people that 81 is not, not a fan of me. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I hear that. And uh, it's funny, in Pennsylvania, I'm from there, but they got some rough roads. 81 is rough in Pennsylvania. As soon as you hit New York border, though, if you're going up like anywhere up north, it's like it, it turns like to brand new pavement. It's funny, but PA has some rough roads for sure. Well, Ryan, what all – uh, oh, go ahead, Jeff. No, no, go ahead, Jordan. I'm over here trying to – What, trying what to, all, what all uh, are you planning on fishing this year? Are you going to fish the whole bass series? Or are we going to see you – what's what's your next event we're all going to see you at? Man, I don't know. It's on a, I'm honestly kind of on the fence with it all. Uh, I had um, not really anticipated. I was on the, the Old Town Pro Team um, since they came out with it. And um, I would have been again this year, but I chose to step down from it to the regular pro staff just because – um, for, for the pro team, they want you to fish a certain amount of events. And, um, I just didn't, wasn't able to, I didn't feel confident to be able to like commit to that because I just had the baby and then my wife's going back to work and everything. And I got a business, I own an excavating company up in Pennsylvania and we just bought a couple of renovation properties and we have a lot going on and I'm just like, not sure how much I can fish. And then I come down and finish this good. And you know, it is in my heart and my soul. And I'm just like, oh man. Maybe I gotta go to the next one, you know. So like, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm not too sure what it's gonna turn into. I, I would imagine I'll definitely be at obviously the Susky because it's only like two hours from my house, and then the Hobie Cayuga tournament is not too far either. So I'd probably hit that one up. Um, but I just found out my wife doesn't go back till the end of uh, the month, so I'm really kind of thinking I might try to sneak it out. And she's not too excited about the trip. But I might try to sneak down to Possum Kingdom. So we'll see how it. That's a heck of a drive. I, I couldn't oh, imagine. It's 15 hours from me in Tennessee. How, how long of a drive would that be for you? It's, it's like a day. <laughs> just, just fly, just fly down there, dude. Duke, Duke I, will bring I, you an autopilot over from Mariner or something. He'll hook you up. That's what I was thinking about doing, honestly. Um, I know quite a few people down in the Old Town guys down down there, and I was thinking, like, but I didn't know the like logistics of the whole thing and how I could get like my rods and try to figure that all out and tackle and all that stuff. But if I could fly down there and just use a boat, that would be ideal. So that's, I might kick that idea around and try and do something along those lines. Yeah, there's there's a ton of, of Old Town folks, Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas. We, we can get you a boat if you fly down, dude. That ain't no problem. Yeah, yeah. Then just need a couple rods, and we'd be we'd be styling and get it all get it all set up, you know. So, um, it's a uh, it's a process. I mean, like I said, that's that's a ride. I drove to what was it, Caddo for the one event, and man, that was a haul. And uh, that was the worst experience of my life on the way home too. My dad, the KBF deal. We were fishing down there, and on the way home from the uh, the event, we were both kind of tired and everything, trying to get home. We we're somewhere in Arkansas, in the middle of absolutely nowhere. And my dad, we pulled in the truck stop. He was driving, and he put death in my diesel tank. Ooh. And because oh, they're right next to each other, and he just wasn't paying attention. I was like, oh man, he told me what he did, so I caught it. I'm like, crap. So we can't start the truck, or we can't do nothing now. It's gonna like push through everything, you know. So I had to get it like basically towed, and it was Friday in middle of nowhere, Arkansas. And the only garage in the area says, well, I can't get that to near deal uh, Monday, boy. I said, oh, boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can Arkansas right uh, there. <laughs> I, I was like, that's not great. So we stayed at like this truck stop motel with like a 12-inch TV. It was like black and white, I think, to And there was no restaurants around, no nothing around. And we stayed there all weekend long um, until we were able to leave on Monday when they dropped my tank and drained it. So That's it a was... road dog story right there. Oh, whoa. Oh, we lost him. We lost him. An Arkansas trucker came back and bit him in the butt right there. <laughs> He'll slide back in in just a minute. That is a road dog story. That is definitely not a road word. dog story. Oh, I don't uh, know. He's, he's back already. There, there we go. Yeah, not sure what happened there, but yeah, it was a it was a rough trip. It's that Arkansas <laughs> internet, man. 
yeah now now i'm actually over mm. in uh we fished we were in we stayed in a nice airbnb we came down for two weeks actually and uh we were over in um i took a kind of like a vacation at this event so my wife and the kid and my parents came down and we stayed over at a house in right right on the water there in lake murray and um my wife's uh, aunt lives over in Polly's island so right now i'm at her house we came over this this afternoon um to visit with her for a couple of days and then i'm going to go back and probably fish the kbf event being we're down here so very good very good a lot going to change in a week from event to event we'll talk I, about the tournament here in just a second but you think it's going to change a lot in a week i think so um the weather's looking real warm and I, I don't know if you guys the ones the people that looked at the leaderboard there was some big fish caught that were already post-spawned which i can't believe and i don't understand but there was some that were big and already dumped and I, I I know they're trying to, they're up moseying around, they're moving. I tracked them throughout a week. They're definitely moving in shallow. Um, I know up in the river when it got a little bit dirtier, there was some up on bed and stuff that some people were talking about. So it's right, it's here. Um, it's going to only get more and more um, over the next week. I would imagine these 70 degree days are really going to bring it up a little bit too. So especially the back of some of them creeks and stuff, you're going to see a lot of stuff happening. So I think that... Uh, this weekend you're gonna be able to catch them any way you want to catch them honestly um i think there's gonna be fish in every stage of the transition and um you're just gonna go fish whatever you're strong at and uh that's what's great about this place i mean you can i, I caught them on anything i wanted to catch them on like it was just you choose what you want to throw and you catch a fish you know it's you didn't catch a lot of fish but um you could catch them on whatever you wanted to catch them on i mean yeah, guys, shout them. out to yeah i was gonna shout out bailey uh Serious angler Bailey finished third. You mentioned big fish that were spawned out. He caught a 23 and a half incher that he posted and said it only weighed six pounds. Yeah. Uh, you know, if that was pre spawn or even in spite, it would have been a lot heavier fish. Uh, yeah. I, spawned out, so. I, caught, I caught a 20. I don't know if that fish was. I caught a 23.75 down here one year and it was, I think it was just about, just about seven pounds. They're like the ones down the main lake, they seem like they get pretty long, but not like super, super fat. And I like those ones up in like the, the bluegill eaters up the river a little bit more. Yeah. I, I caught my two biggest fish on Saturday. Uh, my biggest one was already spawned out. It was 21 or whatever it was. And then literally the next pocket over, I caught the 20 that was fat and on the only hard spot in the back of the creek. And it was yep. getting getting ready, you know? Yep. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just I think the, it's going to be at all different stages of the event now. So, like, this weekend you'll be able to kind of have a – I think there's going to be some big numbers caught this weekend, personally. Well, let's get into your, your tournament, man. Tell us uh, what you found in practice and how that led into day one. You had a, a solid day one. You're right in the mix of it with a bunch of other folks. Uh, tell us what you found and how that held up on day one. Yeah, so day one, obviously, we had the wind and everything. So I, I fished in this one area that the Airbnb was on. Um, I kind of picked the spot I was fishing um, based on when I knew this event was going down and how many people were actually going to be in the event. I knew there was going to be 250 plus. Um, and I just started looking at the ramp lists and kind of picked an Airbnb that would go along with it in a section of the lake that I haven't ever fished before, but that I just knew would somehow have fish just because of where it was located and what it looked like compared to other things. And I kind of spent fish, spent my whole time fishing out of the ramp at my house, um, which was about a three mile run from the closest ramp. Um, this way I knew that, um, if I put something together over there, I wouldn't be competing with a whole bunch of people on it when I got to it, you know, and it wasn't the best spot on the lake, but there was fish there. Um, so that was kind of my mentality going into this whole thing. And, uh, that's kind of how I went about picking the spot I was on. 
So um, you locked into it for day one. Is that where you went yep. back to on day one? Yeah, yep. so I went in the same spot. That's what I was, So I, I fished that spot on day one, and uh, it was just where I practiced all week. I went out a couple of days, and I, I, I went to that spot, and the wind was blowing and everything else. I caught my fish early. The 318s I caught pretty early. Um, and the fish seemed to be like this weird thing where there was a decent amount of fish there, but once you showed him something once, like you couldn't catch anymore. Like, or if you like, if you like, you saw a fish in like a dock, you throw something underneath it. And like, if you didn't catch it on a drop shot, for instance, or you wanted to throw a jig, like you gave what your first opportunity to whatever you throw there, they'll, if they're going to bite it, they're not They're going to bite it. If they're not going to bite it, you're not going to catch them on anything else. Cause they already kind of did their deal. Right. So yeah. I fished this one area and there was a, another kayaker fishing in the similar area. And I, uh, I ended up just leaving and going to fish some waypoints that I had marked from practice down the running down the lake. So after I caught my big fish, I kind of did this long trip down the lake trying to hit these spots that I saw some stuff in practice. And I caught some fish, but nothing real big and didn't really put a whole lot together. Um, and uh, just kind of killed a lot of time down there. And that's kind of what happened to me on day one. And then day two, I just stayed in that area where I was catching fish and kind of started running a rotation um, and gave those fish basically like I was doing a big rotation and giving them like a, like an hour or two um, in between areas where they were just kind of stacking up on points and would run back and like go hit the same fish over and over. And I ended up having like maybe seven fish on day one, um, needing every one of them. And then on day two, um, the Bassmaster boat found me, I think around noon, watched me catch one and then uh i just continued after that to just light them up man i caught like nine 18s i think that didn't help my bag like maybe not that many but it was definitely like seven seven eight that were not helpful um 18 inch fish um after my bag and i was just catching one after another i just couldn't get any upgrades and if i would have been able to do that on day one i maybe able to take in the thing but um that was my mistake i just kind of left the area where the fish were don't leave fish to find fish kind of thing you know and i should have kind of just hunkered down and put the grind on them um and i think i would have would have been able to pull it through you know but that was the the hindsight on the whole thing but um, either way, it panned out better than I expected. Practice, I caught a couple big fish. I caught a 21.75. I caught a 20-something. And I'm like, the fish are here. There's big ones here. And I wasn't catching a whole lot of them. And then I had this thing going where they'd pull up on the docks. And I would try and, like, catch them, like, after, like, noon when the sun came up. It seemed like the docks would turn on. And then you had, like, two-hour stretch to try to, like, hammer the docks <laughs> to try to catch some fish. And it was just, like, kind of playing a game with them. And I, my, my mind, I thought I, I had them basically, everybody kind of visualizes the fish doing whatever they want to. But in my mind, they were kind of, like, sitting offshore a little bit, and then they were tucking up under the docks as the day progressed. And um, that's how I was targeting them. I was kind of targeting them on, like, the secondary points and, like, um, the backs and the ditches and the coves and uh, then just basically trying to push up under the docks in the afternoons. So you want to, I don't know how much juice you want to share since there is a tournament coming up this weekend that you're in. I don't know if you're going to continue, Yeah. but, I, but I'll ask you this simple question. Live scope play a factor or not. That's the conversation I know people have. It did for me. I mean, I just, but here's the thing, right? So I live scope. Um, I'm a Northern angler. I use it as no fish. I think I was the first guy to ever have a live scope on their kayak. Being honest, I had it like the day it was released. Um, and, um, I've always had just been a big fan of it. And I mean, to the point where I'm at right now, even when I'm not live scoping fish, like I'm live scoping structure. Like I just use it for like, just finding rock, but finding like stick ups, finding whatever, 
Um, and I just kind of just part of like how I fish. So like I, I always use it now the way I caught them this week, as I mentioned, I did catch them on docks where I'd like live scope dock posts and I'd see them and stuff, but none of them actually played in my tournament. Um, all the fish I actually caught on my tournament, I caught on an Alabama rig, um, that were in my bags. Um, and, uh, those were kind of live scope almost hurt me in a point. So it hurt me in the sense that if I, I was trying to cast that fish, I would miss opportunities at fish that were kind of hunkered down on the rocks that you couldn't see that would come up. Um, so the way I was actually going about doing it is I was looking for the right structure, um, whether it was with my side scan, which I'll get to that in a minute, but I would look for the right structure on the live scope and I'd see it. And that's actually what I would then cast at. I'd see a big pile of rocks or a big stick and I might not see anything on the live scope, but I'd cast over and, and retrieve my lure at the right depth and use it for gauging the height of the lure. Um, but I was only fishing in like, most of my fish were in like one to 10 feet of water. I wasn't catching them deep. Um, so I was just kind of using it for pinning the structure. But the more importantly, I would say the factor, um, they both go hand in hand. So it's not fair to say, I'd say the other 50% of it, let's just put it that way, was my hummingbird um, using the, the Lake Master mapping um, and being able to just find the stuff that I was looking for in the side scan, seeing the, uh, the, what was going on down there and basically running the points and like staying on the points in the right area, right? So, I mean people look at you like you're a mile offshore, but really the point comes out that far in a lot of areas. And it's just working those, uh, those points by using your, your Lake master mapping. I think it's a big underrated thing. Everybody's talking live scope, live scope, live scope. But if you don't know where you're supposed to be live scoping at, that's another part of the battle. So maps are super important. I've heard that so, argument. You heard that Jordan, where they say I, really mapping is the most important thing of all of it. I, I I've heard that. Do, do you run uh, multiple graphs? Do you run like a Garmin and yeah. a Hummingbird? So, yeah, that's I, I run the dual. I run a Hummingbird and I run a Garmin. Uh, my Garmin doesn't have anything but the live scope on it. And then my Hummingbird's like my waypoints, my Lake Master mapping, and uh, my side scan and my transducer and all that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've heard I've heard that argument a couple times on different podcasts, different things that you know all these tools are great, but without mapping, how great would they be? If you, yeah. if you didn't know where you were looking at the structure underwater, the contour lines, things like that. And, and like the, the, like the whole, I don't want to get in the whole live scope argument and whatnot, but like the, the, the amount of fish that I've seen follow my lure this week are just follow or go anywhere near. It's just absolutely mind blowing. And half the time you're trying to catch a catfish or you're trying to catch a, a, a like a, a up North, a drum down here, pickerel. There was like, just who knows what is just like down there playing around with stuff, but there was just fish everywhere. So, um, to try to just go and say you put a live scope on your fish, you're gonna go catch them. Like, try it out and see how it works for you because it's like I get locked in trying to catch <laughs> either the wrong species of fish, or I'll get locked in catching like 12 yeah. inches, and I'm like, oh, that one looks a little bigger. I wonder what that one is, and it's like 13 inches. I can't distinguish yeah. size at all. Right. So, well, the big thing, like I said, I I I've had it since the day one release, essentially, and uh, um. I, I had uh, I just had it for so long and it's just part of how I, I navigate the water now between my maps and just looking at it to see what I'm looking at and it's it's not about looking at a fish and catching them now obviously you go up to a place like like Lake Massalonsky or you go up to like one of those like northern main lakes or something you literally go out and you want to learn how to like catch fish on live scope or go to like New Hampshire at like Winnipesaukee and you'll literally go out and just see light bulbs all over your screen and just throw your lure at them and they bite it it's like it's like it's not hard doing it on that kind of thing but um for most of the fisheries we fish on um I, I it's very far and few between except obviously some of the northern swing stuff um but it's uh it's it's part of me basically 
looking at it. And I think the experience I have from just kind of understanding what the fish are doing, what part of their transition they're in, where they're going, what they're doing. And like, it just helps me kind of see the structure. And it's a, it's a bigger picture than just looking at a fish and casting it. For me, it just kind of is part of my eyes in a sense of just understanding what I'm looking at and what's going on down there. We've had Rolando Nandine on a couple of times in the past. Uh, he's, a, he's very efficient with, with the technology. And he, he talks about how much it's helped him learn bass behavior as much as anything. Mm-hmm. how they re- how they react to certain things exactly how they come off cover, yeah. things like that yeah so, but i yeah. didn't i mean i didn't again a lot of the fish like if i if, if i would just try and catch the fish there i wouldn't have did well right so like a lot of the fish i caught i was just casting structure and pulling it in if i was like trying to cast at a fish through live scope i wouldn't have even caught anything um and then go back to like and you have to like the biggest thing about live scope if you do have it or any kind of live sonar is you need to like know like when not to use it that's the hardest thing about the whole thing is like knowing what to look at when not to lose it and that's what actually makes you a proficient and efficient and it is the fact that you know like how to manage it and not and just use it as a tool just like anything else on your kayak and not use it as like your one all like okay there's the fish i'm gonna catch um and i mean to put in perspective that i won the ekf tournament that was the northern tournament um, elite kayak fishing up at uh thousand islands last year um and that was uh a lot of guys out there live scoping them small mouth right you think that that's 100 percent going to be the deal out there live scoping small mouth and uh i didn't catch one of my fish on live sonar i didn't even turn it on i never had my live scope sonar in the water um i was drifting current edges with uh carolina rig and that's how i won the tournament i never even looked at a live scope that's what um, I'm talking about. so yeah i mean it's really just a matter of uh playing it and look at jake who won the tournament i mean i don't know if he was able to pull in but um he's a real good kid and i know he has a live scope I, I, but he doesn't he didn't have it on his kayak and i mean he won the dang tournament down here at lake murray and with no no electronics at all basically on his kayak um just Dang. a pedal kayak out there didn't even have a motor yeah that's why i asked you that to begin with because that makes three in a row the two hobie events and now this one one without forward-facing sonar um and it's just it's kind of a a slap to the argument against it i guess and, and i don't even have it i probably won't get it i'll probably stop fishing before i even get it but that's not because i think it's evil it's just i just i just don't want to go down that road yeah yeah but no, but it's three events three events in the books huge turnouts huge attendance was not a factor in winning any of the events. So there you go. It can be done. I like this hat, by the way. I wanted to know where you got that hat. Oh, uh, that's actually, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, my buddy, a uh, collaboration with my uh, my buddy Nick Audi and uh, Jake um, Angulis. Um, they actually printed them, and then I think Nick's dad's making them. They're available. If you guys are interested in them, you can message them to, uh, message them to Jake and Jake Angulis, and he can go ahead and get you guys one of them ordered. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, we got got a couple guys in the comments, and I bet that's what uh, Jeff was about to say. People want to know, have you ever had a 360, or are you interested in getting one and putting it on your kayak? I do. Um, I actually had one on my kayak at one point. Um, Again, I I fish basketball tournaments as well. Um, Mostly not nothing major, uh, mostly local stuff just for fun. Um, But my uh, I had it on my boat, and I thought it was a great tool, and I liked it a lot. on my kayak, I think it's a little excessive um, because I think the kayak, it's a one, it's a little bit big. It slows it down and pre- prevents like man- maneuverability. Um, and I think it, um, I think the kayaks move around a little bit too much for it to do its job because the transducer is kind of spinning slow. And when your kayak's moving from side to side, it's sometimes hard to get really good images on it. I mean, you can, 
Um, but for me, um, I just don't think it's a, a, a viable tool. I would much rather like a mega live or like a live sonar for the kayak just because it's able to work with the current and the way with, with how much the boats move around. Like a big fiberglass boat, right? You're 21 foot long and it doesn't really sway as much in the wind. So the 360 is a little bit more efficient. In my opinion, I think Casey Reed on the Old Town team with me, I'm pretty sure he, he, he used to run one. I don't know if he's running one this year, but I know he used to. I know oh, the man. little bit I fished on a bass boat with a 360. It it is a, a very. I remember when it first came out. That was like the coolest thing imaginable at the time. That sure that you could look around and see everything yeah. that was around you and know how far away it was and all that. Yeah, and everything everything comes down to um, preference and like where you're at, right? So like in Florida, um, I think if you sent me down to Florida and said I had to go fish down like a semi chain, for instance, in my bass boat, um, I would take 360 over live sonar any day. Um, it's just much more of an effective tool finding like shell beds, finding like the gaps in the grass and everything down in Florida and like any kind of fishery like that. It's just incredible. But you send me up to like the St. Lawrence where I'm catching them in 30, 40 feet of water, then the, it's not as, not as great for the 360. The live sonar is going to be better. Um, St. Clair 360 can be great finding rock piles offshore with St. Clair cause it's shallower water. So, um, I just feel that 360 works really well. Um, like say sub 20, sub 15 feet of water, sub 10 feet of water. Um, when you get more than that, you're going to want to have like a live sonar type deal. That's some juice right there. Yeah. So that's, that's what the people wanted to hear. Uh, Clifton, the answer is yes. If you win Ray Roberts, Texas fascination, your invite is open. Come, come on. You got to earn it. Yeah. You got to earn it, Cliff. Uh, Blake Abbey, you don't need Blake Abbey who won the Harris chain events talking about he's on like a semi Kissimmee chain today. Need you to come down there and show him how to use all this. He, you don't need to know nothing. You're down there cashing checks and just breaking <laughs> yeah. necks. He's winning every yeah, week. Blake, I don't think Blake needs anything, man. He's down there smacking them. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. The newest Old Town team member, Ryan. Yeah. Try not to turn this into an Old Town commercial, Jordan. Yeah. He's, got, he's got the same name as my as my son, too. So. Oh, yeah? Blake Abbey? Yeah. No, just Blake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Blake Thomas, actually. <laughs> yeah uh we got i think we had a couple more questions sure Uh, this i don't know how much you're going to share on this with the a-rig setup because you are fishing another event you may not use it what a-rig setup and choice on bait on the a-rig yeah i mean honestly i just think it's any like i think it's pretty much standard so i don't think it's just any like three inch type minnow i just throw on it usually you know i don't really throw in like the big heavy stuff i usually use like a five wire rig or something and i don't throw it all that often i mean and honestly um i wouldn't get real fired about it this weekend anyway because i think that bites on its way out like it was like far and few like it was it was starting to die out pretty quick um on me compared to earlier in the week and it's been like that's kind of like a good winter bait and real early pre-spawn but once they start getting up shallow 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 i mean you can kind of catch them on anything at that point like little square bill crankbaits and um anything you want to throw drag a senko throw a drop shot you can literally catch them on 100 different baits and um the a-rig kind of just shines when they're still out on those uh primary points and just moving into the secondary points and they're still like kind of cold water i kind of put the a-rig from the 45 degree temp um I, I think it's great from like my, my, there's 40 degrees up to like, like the 50. And I think it starts to die out from 50 to 55 pretty quick. Uh, let's see. I'm stacking up a few more questions here. Do you ever use perspective mode? Chris Cabral, I have, I have used it, but I don't use it. Um, I know a lot of guys use it down South in Florida. Um, I never really messed with it. Um, I'm typically again, fishing Northern waters, So keep that in mind, but the Southern stuff like Florida, um, I know a lot of guys down there use it like a lot for the perspective mode, 
but I usually am fishing deeper water than it's viable for me, if that makes any sense. Um, if you're fishing real shallow, I think that's good for like, again, like a Kissimmee kind of 360 type thing where you have the two of them in and you're using it to like kind of look out and, and see them. I know, I believe there was like a big thing on, uh, saying that, um, Scott Martin got one of his big fish. I think he was in using perspective mode, like on a bed or something down in Florida. Um, but I'd never mess with it too much, but I know people said that they said that it's okay, but, um, I've never really personally. Whoa, we lost him again. Ooh. Lost him. Lake Murray's got big fish and terrible internet. <laughs> terrible, terrible internet. Freaking North Carolina. Um, yeah, man. Did you try to scope any this weekend while you were down there, Jordan? Did you try I, I it all? I did not. Um, you just I basically just, I, yeah, I looked around those 90 minutes that I, I went. I literally just uh, fished shallow and, you know, caught some fish around boat docks. And when I practiced, it was pretty well in the afternoon. And I was like, this this is it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this the whole time. And like he said, was the, the shallow bite was better in the afternoon. I just committed to the entire day for it and picked up a couple random fish, but it was definitely much better in the afternoon for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's the reason I haven't bought it yet. Cause I don't, I just want, I, my favorite thing is to stay shallow. If I'm going to drag out something deep, I'll, I'll drag a jig or a Carolina rig, but I just haven't, I just haven't done it yet. Uh, sorry, Ryan, we, we've lost no, you a couple of times, it's all, it's man. Good, we, man. Yeah, we appreciate you. My fat fingers, I think, keep touching the screen somewhere. That's all right. (laughs) We appreciate you being adaptable, man. Yeah, it's all good, bud. A few more questions we'll get to. How many fish were you seeing catching in groups? Um, I would say the lot, right? So, like, a lot of the the bigger fish are going to be solos. You're going to see solo one or two fish moving around together. Um, I think a lot of the big clumps... Like you'll when you're catching them, you're gonna see a lot of a lot of fish this time of year getting ready to push in. They're kind of moving together, right? When they winter up and they get all like, in big groups of fish, and then they kind of start pulling into areas. Um, again, the hard thing is this year you might only catch one fish this time of year. You catch one fish on a shoal, think there's no other ones down there, but there is. They just are smart. <laughs> People say they're dumb, but they're smart, and they realize that one got caught. You say, "Oh crap, there goes Larry." You know, he's not gonna. <laughs> and the next one doesn't want to bite. Um, yeah. So, but they are piled up in like pretty big schools on top of like the shoals and stuff as they move back to their to do their deal you know let me let me ask you this man are you day two i posted a screenshot on the kbm page of at one point mid-morning i think the top five were separated by like half an inch i mean it was yep. it was tight. a couple people were tied quarter inch half an inch are you a leaderboard watcher did you see that did you know that was happening um my i get i have a couple friends like i have um that text me and message me and try to words of encouragement, including my wife and say stuff like that. So I see it once in a while, but honestly, um, I've been doing tournaments for a while now, right? So this is probably like my fifth year. And um, I kind of got into the mentality where I'm just fishing against myself. So like, I kind of try to not even pay attention to the leaderboard. Um, Cause a lot of times it just stresses me out and like, there's no real reason for it. I mean, regardless of what anybody else has, like, even if I'm in first and I'm like, oh, I just got passed. Now I'm only in second place. I need a quarter inch to catch up. Like, or I need nine inches. Like, for instance, when Jake passed me, because he had that huge day on day one, um, I don't need like a 26. I give up because I'm thinking like I got third, fourth, fifth, tenth, fifteenth place that might be putting a bag together that I want to try and salvage any bit of a paycheck that I can from it. So um, I'm fishing against myself and just trying to do the best I can every time I'm out there and put the biggest bag on the board that I possibly can. Yeah, I like that. Uh, it kind of answers this question, which is what keeps your head in the game when the bite was hard. Um, I'll tell you, I mean, it's not easy. And then uh, I, 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 I talk, I, like I said in the meeting, I wore God's ear out, man. I sit there and talk to myself. I talk to God. I talk to everybody. I said, man, I just need some help here. And God help me and help me to do this. And it really helps 
anybody to catch a fish early in the morning, right? So you catch a couple good ones and it helps put the put the ease away. But even me doing it season doing it for years, um, I still get uh worked up. I mean, it's a rough feeling when it comes around noon and you don't have a bite, but um the the if that that happens you just means you got to kind of keep working even harder and um sometimes you got to do that hurry up and slow down thing where you want to try to catch a fish but like you're trying to like burn water and you need to like find good water but you got to slow down on that good water and not try to blow it all up and just keep rushing 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 or you end up catching nothing but burning battery you know yeah jordan jordan how do you answer that man you had a rough day too obviously a scary situation dangerous situation how do you just kind of clear your head and get back for the next event um you know Day two, I mean, I, I completely scrapped day one entirely and, and went to a different area and just tried to kind of swing for the fences and it didn't work out. Um, I knew pretty quick into what I did on day two that that wasn't going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, that wasn't going to be a thing that was going to work out the way I wanted. And uh, honestly, it's, um, I, I get in my head sometimes when I'm fishing and, and you know, Ryan hit it right on the head when, when things kind of get out of hand, it's, it's, Hey, you know, you start talking to start, start praying and thinking about how your day is going to go to try to keep you in it. I listen to music and that helps out a lot. Um, I, I try not to look at the leaderboard anymore. That's something I'm really bad at, at watching. Cause that's, it does me no good whatsoever to, to look at the leaderboard. And even when I'm moving and it, it's not harming anything, I'm not wasting any time, but look, looking at the leaderboard does me no good. So I'm trying to cut that out and try to focus on what's going on. But yeah, it, music and you know just praying <laughs> I, you know what i need to not look at the leaderboard this year because whenever i know i'm having a mediocre day and i check that leaderboard and it confirms it it's a big <laughs> it's a big push towards the chick-fil-a drive-through rather than staying on the water yeah. I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta get out of that occasionally it'll excite you though if you look on there yeah. it's like man i'm having a tough day and it's like oh oh everybody's having a yeah tough no that's day. all right yeah that's yeah right. that that's yeah. one of those you don't mind looking at you know yeah, that happened to me, to me, actually. I mean, day two, like, I'm catching them. Man, I'm taking too long to catch these last couple of fish. I'm taking these too long to catch it, and I catch it. And I'm like, oh, I really know I got to catch another 18 or 19. And then, like, I hear, like, oh, you're in first. I'm like, what? I'm in first? How's that possible? You know, like, <laughs> everybody must be having a toughie. I don't know. But the uh, it's just it's just one of those things that, like I said, I try to um, – I'll, I'll peek in here and there just to kind of maybe see what's going on. or um, And it's just – I mean, it kind of like kind of even like MLF, right? So um, sometimes I'll use it. Like, I mean, I know a lot of people that fish, right? And I know the style of what they're fishing, like the kind of stuff just through the community of what they're doing and what kind of fishermen they are and what they do. And if I see somebody leading like that, I know that's a name and I'm like, oh yeah, he's probably doing this, you know, and it kind of like might feed me into some clues and um, kind of help me out in that way sometimes. Um, but more often than not, it does more harm than good, I would say. I would just, like I said, keep keep praying, keep, keep your head down and keep doing your thing and try and fish against yourself. Right. Don't worry about the leaderboard. Just worry about catching your limit. Worry about catching that next fish and where the, where the cards fall, they don't, they, they fall, you know? I feel like I'm one of those people. If y'all see me up on top of the leaderboard, you know, like, Oh, okay. If, if Jordan's at the top of the leaderboard, then y'all know, go shallow. There's a 99.5% chance that I'm in less than three foot of water trying to do some, some nonsensory. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I, I actually had a big swim bait tied on, man. I, I was really close to, I had like one of those, I don't, I'm not a big swim bait, glide bait kind of guy, but I had one of those, one of those Spro ones that everybody throws and the um, new Spro Chad Chad. The Chad Chad. Yeah, I had one of those tied on. I'm like, I'm going to throw this. And then I'm like, I'm going to throw this along the dock and I'm going to get one of the big ones to come out after it. And because they were moving up late in the day. And then uh, my book broke out, I, I, my bird's nest that I was throwing and like, 
my finger just slipped on it on one of my my a rigs i'm like well i guess that rod's done so i cut the chat out and i switched the a rig to that one so i lost that which i'll tell you if you are a rig fishing it kind of sucks because they're like 30 bucks 50 bucks a piece when you lose them so by the time you rig them all out so um but yeah i'm not i'm not a huge fan of the alabama rig i'd much rather throw something else but like i said certain times a year it's efficient so it's the first time i've put in this perspective it's the first time that it's actually played and worked out for me in five years of tournament fishing that i've actually utilized in a tournament so good stuff a lot of things people think it's played out but it's still useful here and there right still useful here and yep. there. Uh, a couple more questions for you man this is this is i'm going to make this kind of old town specific i'm going to get uh, biased over here is a trolling motor better for big water these bow driven motors may turn your kayak into a submarine in high water and and that is specifically probably geared towards people that put an aftermarket bow mount on right on the yeah. tip of their kayak the autopilot it's integrated further back from the the front of the front of the hole kind of in the center of the boat how big a difference do you think that makes being integrated into the boat out in that big water i can tell you that um there's a lot of aftermarket bow mounts out bow mounts out there that people use um with the front motors on them and i can also tell you that i know a lot of the people from the other different companies and different brands without naming anybody out specifically that have lots of issues taking on water um that actually struggle and are concerned to go on across big water and i can tell you that i just send it almost every single time and i have no concern <laughs> um still so gonna send it it, I, I will I will tell you that I am undoubtedly I am sponsored by them, but there is not a more stable big water friendly kayak out there than an autopilot. Just there's not. There we go. You heard it here, folks. I, I'll agree with that. I've had both sizes of autopilots. I know how they run in big and, water. And the other to be, well, to be fair with that question, though, some of the other question of that. Right. So. Um, having the rear motor such as a torpedo or um what's the other one that's newport. out there um newport vessel um they're great for instance the autopilot susquehanna not a great combination yep. doesn't work well um but having that rear mount motor is great right so and again it's going to come back to how you want to fish you want to be a shallow guy up shallow or do you want to go out offshore um or what are you trying to fish like and um if you're trying to fish backs of creeks and real skinny water and back up and that stuff a, tor a back rear mo motor will do you well if you're looking to fish um more universally accessible water think of like where bass boats can go and things along those lines um you're gonna be good with the and like have stable offshore water the autopilot's gonna be the boat for you um and uh, those ones with the rear mount motors are a lot more stable offshore than those bow mounts that the people have been putting on like the front of the kayaks that aren't meant to be there. Yeah, that's uh, that gets into the conversation that Ryan Lambert likes to have, which is DP, dual motors, uh, motor in the front, motor in the back at some point. Uh, but, the, Joey, but on kayaks, that gets a little tippy. I don't know. Joey, Joey Randall might have an idea here. We need a jack plate on the back for these motors. Oh, jack yeah. plate. Somebody's got to come out with that. Let's, let's see what y'all got. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my other question, this wasn't from the, from the viewers, but I have to ask this every time we have someone from the Northeast on the Northeast is loaded. I'm, I'm throwing into the Northeast, uh, Pennsylvania. Right. That's fair enough. Right, Ryan. Yeah. I consider uh, myself Northeast. Some people so, say that we're like mid or mid or whatever, but uh, Atlantic region, but I don't, I think we're more Northeast. Yeah. I'm looking on the leaderboard. You know, of course, Jake won the event. You're in second Bailey's in third, all three Northeast anglers. You got Derek Brundle down there. Uh, Matt Connett's in the top 10. Nick Audi's just outside the top 10. Northeast is loaded with talented anglers. What makes 
that part of the country? Is it the, the variety of water? What, what makes that part of the country so fertile with good anglers like yourself? I, I can't speak for um, Brundle and uh, like Jake and those like further northeast anglers yeah. because they got good fishing and they can catch largemouth in the middle of the dang wintertime. Um, you go to Pennsylvania and for, I can speak for Nick and I, and you can't catch anything like that. <laughs> our lakes just suck, you know? And yeah, I mean, yeah. we have Harvey's Lake, which like you go, we fish in turbine, like on the boats, like in the, they have like a winter series and we go there like every weekend and fish. Um, there's usually like five, like three to 10 boats that show up because it's like six degrees outside. Um, but you end up catching like the same smallmouth over and over again that have like already have fizz needle holes from the, like the last time they were caught the week before. And it's just like, it's a little tough. And, um, we have wall and Paul pack, but like everywhere up there is just so pressured because there's not much water for you to fish in Pennsylvania. And you just got to really get used to going out and not catching them good and be okay with it. And like, still want to fish, right? Like you think about those little kids growing up and like, on world-class fisheries and they go out and like it's easy to like fishing right you grow up in like some really crappy pond and like there's like crappy water around you like it's hard to go out and like enjoy fishing and catching them you really got to be sick in the head kind of i think and um because you just go beat yourself up all the time and by doing that though like you just get real creative trying to figure out a way to make these fish bite and um that's what it is you just work real hard for those bites you have so when you go to a place where they actually bite like lures like they're supposed to that you read about in the magazines you're just like this is unbelievable this is so easy i don't know what these guys are crying about like you know what i mean because like up our area they're like you wouldn't even think about throwing the chatterbait half the time or anything else they're like you're not gonna eat that what are you on drugs you know you gotta like throw like a 1.3 kitek at them and like hope they bite it it's just <laughs> it's um it's just one of those things but that's probably what it is i mean the, the northeast guys and then that in the combination of clear water so this event did well right because i think it was it did well down in the clear water um and the reason i think was the second day um we had a pretty cold snap come in and it really kind of hurt a lot of those creek fish because that water when it's real shallow back in them creeks it can be really good for you or it can be really bad i mean you get a cold snap like that it can drop that water temp like eight to ten degrees um where that water was up to like probably close to 60 um and then it drops down really quick where the main lake in the clear water was already cold and never really warmed up quite as much as the creeks so that little cold snap didn't hurt that clear colder clear water down towards the main lake quite as much as it helped it hurt the creeks and um i think that's why a lot of the northern anglers were fishing and focusing on that section of the link and i think that's why you saw a lot of them do better and do well at this particular event because they're used to fishing that cold clear water we're not going to keep you much longer. I saw Jordan just start up a comment. He probably want to hit you with that question real quick, and then we'll wrap so this good. thing up. Yeah, here's here's a long one from uh, Michael Eller on YouTube. He said, what are your thoughts on Largemouth and Presque Isle Bay? Uh, his opinion is it's underrated. Have you ever fished that? I have. Um, Presque Isle Bay is really good. There's good largemouth fishing there, but, I mean, Erie, for their smallmouth fishing, um, I just think that I know they had some, like, small local – large mouth tournaments i don't have much experience from it because when i when let me digress go back a little bit when i said pa fishing sucks i don't consider erie in that whole pennsylvania thing right that's like its own like great lake thing like that's the great lake region that's not that's not pennsylvania lakes and i know pittsburgh over that area has some northeast pennsylvania sucks let me put it that way just to clarify with people so there may be some arguments there um but presque isle bay they they have good large mouth in there i fished a tournament up there poof like five years four or five years ago um and uh there there's good largemouth up there um but like i said i think it's gonna be 
in the north, I think smallmouth's always going to shine, right? It's never going to really be a largemouth thing. I think the only place that ever has, the only place in the north period that people are going to want to target smallmouth or largemouth over smallmouth and um, would be Cayuga, right? So Cayuga, largemouth, they're just absolute freaks up there. Well, Champlain, it can, but I think smallmouth usually typically are going to win. Um, Champlain, and and again, you got to get into like if you're doing um, boats versus kayaks and weights versus inches, there's a lot of debate to get into there. Um, but typically when you're going in inches, um, the smallmouth are going to win just because they're typically going to be longer as on an average size than the, the chunky fat little largemouth that gets stubby and heavy. Um, but in a boat tournament, the largemouth still play a factor. But now with like the goby populations in a lot of these places, they're just the smallmouth are just getting so fat that it's just like, and they're so much easier and so much more plentiful than the largemouth that it's just hard to, uh, and they're usually more aggressive, right? So it's just when you're fishing a timed event, it's just going to be kind of the fish of choice that people target after. Yeah, man. Well, well, Ryan, I can't thank you enough. A anytime we have people on here after a tournament like this. We're, I know you're you're made a vacation out of it, but people are on the road. They spent two days grinding high winds and, and they're beat to death, but they still take time to come on here. So I'll thank you for taking the time to do this. Take a little time away from your family on your trip to, to visit with us. Kind of tell us your story. Congrats on the runner up finish. Uh, hopefully you can get back out a few more times this year, man. Yeah, I hope I'm going to get back out there. We'll see how it goes. And um, thank you guys for having me. I wish you guys the best and uh, thank old town my wife for let me take this hour and the rest of the trip for from away from her and uh it's just been great and uh dakota lithium batteries that was the other big component for me i mean lithium batteries as you mentioned earlier don't buy yourself a cheap brand get a quality brand and um i've traveled probably 10 miles a day with my with my motor and uh that's what props out to some of these guys like i said that are that are able to do with pedals man because it's just all the power to them and i mean i couldn't I, I wouldn't be able to walk up on a stage even if i made it with, with where i went to so um but yeah so it's uh it's been great to be on and um wish you guys the best and we'll we'll talk to you soon yes sir you too man enjoy your trip thanks, thanks ryan take care guys yep bye-bye he dropped some juice jordan he was sharing Absolutely. some good knowledge Hammer. sharing some freaking knowledge those, my man can those, catch no, those northeast guys really do drop some knowledge when they come on here there's you know a lot of guys don't know some of their names but uh they don't leave that area because it's such a far drive but man there's a bunch of hammers up there yeah I've, I've been on the uh the old town team for a couple of years now quite a few years now and uh ever since he's been on i've i've known his name well because he's always on the results at the top of the pro team standings and things like that so hammer my man can catch him everywhere he goes we got a couple more guys like that on the team as well so Good stuff, man. What a great show. We're going to do a Revo giveaway. Let me throw this on the screen. You already know how we're going to do the giveaway. Hit that hit that hashtag, hashtag Revo, and we'll we'll do a drawing here in just a minute. Uh, what's next for you, Jordan? I know you said chick this weekend. Uh, you, the road dog, you're you going to be road dogging for like months straight until the middle of summer? How's this going to um, be? Yeah, basically um, on the schedule that I've uh, drawn up, which is ever-changing, I think the last weekend off that I – like have scheduled is uh like the first weekend in september i'm going to chicago not fishing and going to a cubs yankees game at wrigley field mm. which i'm very excited about but up until then i'm basically um straight up on the tournament train up up until then so awesome. it's going to be a lot of fun a lot of events going to try to do 40 maybe 50 again this year and uh you know keep keep it keep it rolling along but chick chick this weekend with three maybe four events on the same day and um 
After that, going to go to uh, Logan Martin is the next uh, big one with the Hobie. And um, after that, I, I don't remember because it's changed so much. I can't even remember what's after that. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I have yet to make my tournament debut this year, Jordan. I'm eyeballing the Hobie event on Logan Martin myself. You, you're not coming to Logan Martin or you are coming to Logan I'm Martin? I'm eyeballing that one as the debut. Oh, eyeball it. Come on now, Jeffrey. Let's go. I can catch some spotted bass. That'll yeah, be fun. Come on. Come on That'll now. Yeah. Uh, we, hey, shout out to the people watching tonight. We had 120, 125, 130 people all night long in the live stream. That's just from the ones I can see. If you're over there on Jordan's favorite app, Rumble, uh, or anywhere else that I can't see if you're watching, we appreciate you over there too. So I would bet we were up in the 150, 160 live range, uh, which is awesome. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all. Uh, and if you're an audio listener to either KBN Live Replay or the Road Dog and Podcast over on the audio, we appreciate you over there as well. That is growing week by week over there as well. I'm, I'm going to try to record another Road Dogging tomorrow night. So for those interested, we're going to try to be a little more consistent this year yeah yeah uh we got enough entries i think to do the giveaway let's hit this thing who's getting slow rolled tonight it's my favorite part i feel it's it's like a guilty pleasure i feel bad for the person but it's kind of funny at the same time so drum roll to, for the slow roll da -da -da. i can't do it who's it gonna be who's it gonna be robbie saw i like his profile picture with the rooster there or whatever that the is rooster John Bach, local boy, got got the slow roll this week. Damn. Sorry, man. Hey, Robbie, all you got to do? Hey, Robbie, I just, he just dropped the hashtag like right at the last minute under the wire. Last one. So email me, kayakbassnation at gmail.com. Uh, just email me your contact info, and I'll get you a code. Or just slide my DMs on Facebook, my personal Jeff Malott DMs, and I'll get you that code, bub. There we go. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. Thank you for the last minute assist. I saw Ryan in the comments. He said we look beautiful. Did you see that? Yeah, I think there's an open bar at his event. So uh, I, it took me a second of rereading re that a couple of times to try to figure out what on earth he was even talking about. But um, I've got my Lambert uh, dictionary and it, it translated very well. So, okay. He's got the beer goggles on while he's watching us. Appreciate it. Something like that. All right, man. Well, I'm looking forward to your next show. I appreciate you tagging in here tonight. We'll wrap this thing up, y'all. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Yes, sir.